Today on episode number 40 of Life After Sight Loss Radio, we're going to talk about some ideas for giving gifts to the VIP in your life. And welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, this is the place where we do product reviews, life advice, encouragement, how-tos, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. This week on the podcast, it is episode number 40, 40 weeks in, 40 weeks out. We're having a good time doing the podcast, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you are returning for some more of me, then thank you so much for coming around. I so, so appreciate it. Can't believe we're 40 episodes in. It's so exciting. So special shout out to everybody who has uh, joined me on this and all my friends and family who have been so supportive for all these episodes. We've got 40 in and looking for even more. But speaking of the podcast episodes, today we've got a good one. I'm going to talk about some ideas for giving gifts to the VIP in your life. Maybe you're the visually impaired person, maybe you're the sighted supporter, but we're going to talk about gift giving ideas and I've got some tips and thoughts on that, so we're going to jump into that. Plus, i got a great question about what to do for your friends and family who keep the grab and drag going on, you know, when they grab you and drag you across the room. We're going to talk about what to do in that situation. Plus, I've got a great little story about blind tennis. So that's all coming up. It's jam-packed today. So before we jump into it, just reminder that you can find the show notes to today's episode over at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 040. And that's going to give you links, information, conversation, and more. Just go over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 040. So our question of the week comes in via email. And this person asked me about about what to do for their family member who keeps dragging them. Basically, the situation is maybe they go out somewhere, they go to a store or whatever, and the family member will grab them and drag them to the place. Maybe somebody's trying to talk to them and they'll just grab their arm and drag them over or something like that. It's like, what do I do? I keep telling them, you know, what am I going to do? Well, here's the thing. First of all, this is tricky because it's up to that person to change. You can't just, you know, magically make them change. They're going to have to figure it out, but you have to do something and say something. So I wanted to give you just a few ideas on this because I think it's important. So first of all, we have to remember most of the time these people are trying to be helpful. You know, they're they're genuinely trying to help. They just don't know what to do. So it's always important to know what you need and to be able to convey that to the person because they want to be helpful. They just need to know how. Secondly, if they consistently do this, it's important to let them know that, hey, this actually makes me less independent. I'm not going to be able to go out on my own if you're constantly going to be dragging me around. And if we're in public, it lets other people know this is how you treat 
blind people, everybody. This person is helpless and this is what you need to do. And that's not the message you want to send as a member of the VIP community. So making sure to let them know that this has other consequences other than just me and my independence, it lets other people know as well. And without even realizing it, people in this situation are oftentimes trying to make up for the fact that you are visually impaired. You know, it's like, oh, well, they can't see very well, so I will overcompensate for that lack of vision. And then they end up doing things like the classic grab and drag, and that's not going to be helpful. And so remember, they're probably trying to make up for it. They're not doing it on purpose, but it's like you you can't make up for the fact that I'm blind. Look, I'm blind. It is what it is. You can't just make up for it by grabbing me and dragging me around the room. That's not going to help. So what do you do in this situation? Well, the the thing you have to do, and there's no you know magic elixir or formula to fix this, you just have to be honest, you have to be consistent, you have to be kind in what you say, but you have to tell people, hey, every time this happens, remember, this isn't helpful. Hey, you need to not grab me. Hey, don't do this. This doesn't, even if it's a little embarrassing in the moment in public, you have to let them know. Again, you can be kind about it because most likely they're trying to be helpful, but you have to stay consistent. So that means even if it gets it's repetitive over and over and over. You have to stay consistent. And if they grab you, don't go with, you know, like don't put up a big fight in the middle of a you know, Walmart or something, but you know, let them know, hey, no, 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 this isn't how this works. Um, if I need help, I'll ask, or here's a good way to help me, or if you want to ask for it, you know, things like that. And we've talked about this before with sighted people in general, but it's more strangers. This is family members who are going to be with you on a regular basis. So please, please remember to be kind and consistent in what you say. That way, hopefully, they'll eventually get the message, get the memo, if you will, that it's like, hey, this this isn't helpful, not only for me, but for the people around us as well. So a big shout out to that person who sent that email question in. I so appreciate it. And if you have a question that you want me to answer here on the podcast, you can send that in. First of all, you can send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com, or you can tweet me at the Derek Daniel. Well, let's be honest, everyone. You like getting gifts, right? I mean, I love getting gifts. Sometimes I like giving gifts. It just depends on the situation. But for the most part, I love to get gifts. I love, you know, getting out there and opening presents. I always tell my wife, you know, hey, I want to open presents. I don't know what it is about me. I just like that opening, you know, what could it be? Could it be this? No, I don't know. It's it's that surprise. I love surprises. So I like getting gifts, but I also enjoy giving gifts, to be honest. I love when somebody opens that present and they're like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted because it lets that person, you know, hey, I know you, I thought about it, and I went out and got this for you. It doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be, you know, that thing that they really enjoy. And so I thought about it from the viewpoint of somebody who's visually impaired, because especially if this is new for you, maybe this is the first sort of holiday season you're celebrating somebody, uh, celebrating with somebody who's visually impaired. Maybe they just lost their sight, lost their sight a few months ago, and now it's like, what do I do? Uh, what's presents going to be like? That sort of thing. So Today, I wanted to go over just the idea of giving gifts, especially if you have somebody that's visually impaired. So first of all, I've got some t- 
tips on the idea of purchasing gifts, buying gifts, giving gifts, that sort of thing. And then we'll go uh, into some categories of gifts that might work. And I've got some examples uh, uh, in those categories. Now, I'm not going to give you 50,000 examples because you know the people in your life better than I do. These are just some things to think about if you're like, oh, okay, well, that will work. Okay, that's cool. So first of all, let's jump into some tips on purchasing gifts for the VIP in your life. So first of all, this isn't so much a purchasing gifts, but this is the idea of opening the gifts. It can be very difficult when you're visually impaired and everybody's staring at you, waiting for you to open the present. You open it and you're like, I don't know what this is. I can't see it. I don't have a clue. You know, it's 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 not shaped any special way or, you know, whatever, other than maybe clothes that you can pick out. I mean, you're like, for example, I've gotten like DVDs before and it's like, can't see the front of this, don't have a clue what it is. So remember that that can be an awkward moment, especially if it's your first time really opening gifts as a visually impaired person. I know my wife, I think we subconsciously do it now. I'll open a present and you know she'll give me a few seconds to figure it out. And if I can't, she'll either give me the hint or give me the thing, whatever it might be. Because sitting there staring at somebody for a long period of time can get super awkward. But at the same time, if you don't give them the chance to even figure it out, that can be awkward too. It's like, here's your present. It's a toaster. Like, what? Did, hold on. Like, let me figure this out. Give me five seconds to figure it out. It's okay. So you kind of have to balance that. Maybe ask the person before you even get into it. Like, hey, do you want me to let you know what these are? Or do you want me to give you a few seconds? Do you want to ask? That way, at least you're on the same page. So when they're struggling a little bit, you know what to do next. Like, hey, you, you need a hint or... You know, if the person can say, I don't know, what is this? Tell me what it is. Because at the end of the day, they just want to enjoy the present. They want the awkward time. So remember that. That's my first tip. Just think about the idea of opening the present, not just the idea of purchasing the present. Secondly, and this one's pretty simple, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. I know we we get this idea of like, okay, they're blind. What are they going to do? Okay, this is what I need. Okay, I'm going to have to buy it. Go to the place. Just don't overthink it. You know, it's probably not that big a deal. It's probably going to be a lot simpler than you actually think, Uh, whether it's you as the VIP or the person purchasing gifts for the VIP. Don't overthink it. It's, It's simple. You know, just buy gifts based on the person. Yes, consider the blindness, but don't overthink it. Thirdly, and this might be maybe a pet peeve, I don't know, but don't buy ridiculous things because you think it's going to be blind whatever. Uh, For example, I know sometimes they have like gag gifts for senior citizens and you get this big remote that's like three feet tall and eight inches thick and it's got big buttons with big numbers and you, you know, you might see that and be like, wow, they could see these numbers and so I am going to get this for them. So it's like, no, who, nobody uses is that <laughs> it's a gag gift it's supposed to be a gag you know and maybe your blind family member will find it funny but they're probably not going to use it so don't get gifts based on the fact that you think oh well this is huge and they'll be able to see it or something like that get something they'll actually use on a regular basis if you want to get them a gag gift if you think they'll laugh at it hey no problem that's between you and your family and and that's a whole nother issue but don't just buy something because you think it's going to be this awesome thing especially if it's ridiculous like make sure they're actually going to use it again maybe that's a pet peeve of mine i don't know but just keep that in mind whenever you're purchasing gifts make sure it's usable and not something a little over the top and my final tip here is to purchase for the person not for the disability 
Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's very simple. Don't buy something simply because it is a blind gift. Buy for the person. Maybe you find this great kitchen aid, right? It's great. It's wonderful. And you're like, this is going to be so blind friendly. But the person doesn't do anything in the kitchen. So maybe a detailed example might be, let's say, a Keurig coffee maker. I know I have a Keurig and I you know, have a cup of coffee in the morning, that sort of thing. And the Keurig, at least the one I have, is pretty blind friendly. It's got, you know, nice tactile buttons. There's not a lot going on. You just pull the thing up, put the cake up, boom, you don't have to measure. It's very nice. But if the person that you're buying for doesn't drink coffee... It's sort of useless. Yes, it's blind friendly, but what's the point if they never drink coffee? So think about the things that the person would enjoy, not the disability. You know, don't just buy something because it's, quote, blind friendly. And I think that's sort of a spectrum uh, and you kind of can guess as as you know the person. But that's important to remember. Don't focus on the disability. Focus on the person. So there are just a few tips for you to think about uh, as you purchase gifts. And now I've got some categories of some gifts that you might want to think about. Now, again, I'm not going to give you a list of 50 things or anything like that, but these are just some categories to go into. So first of all, we've got tech or technology. Now, I love technology, and if you've listened to me any length of time, you know I love all kinds of different products. Uh, I'm a big Apple person, so anybody could buy me technology, I'd love it. But something to consider under technology might be a nice set of headphones. You know, maybe some Bluetooth headphones, uh, maybe some earbuds, whatever, you know, they like or enjoy because we love audio, especially when you're visually impaired. Audio is a big thing. So if you want to listen to some good music, if you like podcasts, if you are going to watch a movie, something like that, for example, I have an Apple TV and I can hook up Bluetooth headphones to that and I can sit back on the couch and listen to the movie and I can, um, you know, not wake anybody up if it's midnight, you know, that sort of thing. So some really good headphones might be a great uh, option for somebody who's visually impaired. And they're not always super expensive. You don't have to buy $300 headphones to get nice sound. You can get them for very decent prices. So go to Walmart, Target, wherever, and think about headphones. But there are lots of other things in the technology category, but that might be one place you might start because technology is becoming a lot more accessible nowadays. So it might be a great way to get involved with getting something that somebody likes and is very accessible. The next category might be what we call hobbies. Hobbies are things that people do for, you know, relaxation, recreation, things like that. A couple things to think about in this category might be games like playing cards. If you've got like large playing cards, I don't mean the size of the playing card. I mean the size of the number. Again, that might be that ridiculous. Hey, these cards were six feet tall. I figured you could see them like I'm never going to use these, you know, but there are large print playing cards. I have ones that have huge numbers and letters. There might be Braille playing cards if they're learning Braille right now, and that'd be a good practice if they are learning Braille. Uh, Maybe some color contrast, that sort of thing. So games like that can be very helpful. Uh, Maybe there are games that are digital. Maybe there are some things that they could do recreation-wise for sporting events. Maybe they like a certain sport, which we're going to talk about sports here in just a little bit, but maybe there are some things like that. And so I just want to encourage you, maxiaids.com has a lot of great recreation things, a lot of hobbies that people like to do. Maybe they like to read a good book, so you might want to think about that. Maybe they like to listen to music. Maybe, you know, they just have different hobbies. So think about the hobbies that they like, and then think about, okay, what are some things they actually like, and then are there accessible ways to do that? Remember, focusing on the person, 
not the disability. Next category is the kitchen. Now, this is one of those areas where it's going to be specific. Some people love to be in the kitchen. Some people are like, nope, I just want to eat a hot dog. I don't care. So if they like being in the kitchen, if they like cooking, if they like you know preparing things, there are many different things that you can get them. One thing would be like a talking timer. Now, I will say this, that if you have a smartphone or if you have a maybe an Amazon Echo, something like that, those things are going to be very accessible and easy to set timers on. So the talking timer might be obsolete, but there might be other things like a talking thermometer. If you want to check meat, um, maybe you have something else that's talking in the kitchen, anything like that. Talking items would really work. Then there comes things like spatulas, bowls, uh, cutting boards. They might not be blind specific, but if you get color contrast, that can be really helpful for low vision. You know, I have one that's white on one side and black on the other. Uh, Maybe you have spatulas that are double. Maybe you have a bowl that's got rubber on the bottom so it doesn't slip around. Maybe you get them bigger pans. Uh, Maybe organizational things in the kitchen like, hey, uh, I know you love all your spices and so I bought you this thing to help organize the spices. Maybe you can just say, hey, I bought you the present of me for a whole day and I'm going to be at your house and we're going to organize your kitchen. I'll label everything. You know, that'd be a great gift as well if they really like being in the kitchen. Again, they like the kitchen. They like to cook. So what are some ways you can make it accessible? So think about that in the kitchen. That's a great place to, you know, start with gift giving. And the final category is things outdoors. Now, I, I'm not an outdoors person. Uh, you know, the fact I say outdoorsy means I'm probably not. But you might have a family member who loves the outdoors. And if they're newly blind, they might be even a bit fearful of going outdoors because it's very, very uh, not controlled. And there are things out there that they might trip out, you know, whatever. So it's not perfect. But if you're like, hey, I want to support your love of the outdoors, we don't want to say, no, don't go outdoors anymore. I want to support that, get some things that would be helpful outdoors. And this could be, oh my gosh, a wide variety of things. This could be things for camping or fishing. This could be things where they like to go hiking or something like that. You might think, oh, well, what's blind friendly? Well, some of the things aren't blind necessarily at all, like hiking boots. I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with blindness. Get some hiking boots. It's like, hey, we're going to go hiking, you know? Uh, Maybe they have something like a tent or sleeping bag for going outdoors. I think the point here is that some of these things, like outdoors, can seem a bit scary when you're visually impaired, but if you're like, hey, I know that you like the outdoors and we want to keep doing that. And so here's some things. I bought this to show you we're going to keep going outdoors. Yes, it's a little more treacherous at times. Yes, it might be a little more confusing. Uh, Yeah, you might have some difficulties, but we're definitely going to do it. So the gift isn't so much about being blind friendly. It's about, hey, I want to support you in what you're doing. So there are a few categories to think about with gifts. And obviously there's miscellaneous and all kinds of other things you can think about. But I just wanted to give you a few ideas and a few tips on purchasing gifts. At the end of the day, remember the final thing, just focus on the person. There might not be a lot of blind friendly gifts. And I don't mean they're not blind friendly. I mean, they just don't focus on blindness. Like I said, hiking boots aren't really a thing that you have to think about. Like, well, uh, can they use these boots? It doesn't matter whether they can see or not. They could definitely use boots. So just think about that. And I want to encourage you that if you got somebody that's visually impaired, or if you are visually impaired yourself, Gift giving, gift receiving can be so awesome and wonderful for both parties. And finally, I want to say this. If you're a visually impaired person and somebody's getting you gifts, I want you to remember to be grateful. Now, this is sort of across the board, like we all need to be grateful, but sometimes people try really hard and they just 
just missed the mark just a little bit. And it's like, yeah, I I can't use this, you know, but they tried really hard. They really wanted to get you something that was beneficial to you and accessible. And it it just isn't going to work. Maybe, maybe it's because your level of vision won't allow it, or it's just something you're not familiar with, but always remember, you know, be grateful, be thankful. You can be honest. I'm not saying you can't be like, I love it. I'm taking it back, you know, but you can be honest and say like, Oh, I want to say thank you for this. Uh, this gift actually probably won't work that well for me. You don't have to do it in the middle of everybody. Like, Merry Christmas, everybody. P.S. Joe, this gift sucked. Thanks for nothing. You know, you don't have to be like that. You know, and pull them aside later. It's like, hey, I want to say thank you. I'm so grateful for this gift. Um, this actually probably won't work very well for me. And here's the three reasons why. Uh, but I just want to let you know. So, I, you know, if you want me to take it back or exchange it, here's here's something that would work. Whatever you want to say, remember to be honest honest and kind and gracious in those moments so that people will know you better. Because especially if you just recently lost your sight, you're trying to figure it out and so are they. So just keep that in mind. Maybe that's a little rant on my part. My apologies if you're like, I know how to be kind to people, Derek. You don't need to tell me. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. But the point is we need to be thankful and grateful. And again, Maybe that has nothing to do with sight. Maybe that's just something we all need to be is a little more grateful when we receive gifts from people. So there's just some tips, some ideas, some little things from me, and maybe you have some ideas as well. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, send me an email, send me a tweet, hit me up on Facebook, whatever you want to do. Let me know your gift-giving ideas, the tips you have, the tricks that have worked for you. I'd love to hear about it, and I'm sure others would as well. So I recently read an article about blind tennis. Now, my daughter loves tennis. She's young and she's still learning, but she likes tennis. And when I read this, I was like, wait a minute, blind tennis. I'll be the first to admit, I was like, this is impossible. Who can play tennis when you're blind? I'm blind. I know I can't play tennis. But the article talked about how they had raised lines, you know, to mark the court. They had balls that made noise and sounded like, you know, like a bell or something. And this person, uh, it's down in Florida, I believe. And this person was talking about how they had got in contact with people and, and traveled the world watching blind people play tennis and it was amazing and I think I share this today not so much because of the tennis part but because there are so many things that we assume even me after 16 years assume there's like nah can't do that that's not possible you know mark that off the list and there's just so many things you can do you know I mean whether it's blind tennis or some other sport or activity or whatever there's so many things that we can do and so if you like tennis or something else I just want to let you know that you can do it. I mean, there might have to be uh, accessibility, um, you know, taken care of. There might have to be some ways that you make it accessible, whatever you need to do, but you can do it. So if you like tennis and you want to read more about that, I've got the link over in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 040. You can check that out and read about that and just be encouraged that, wow, they can do this. And you know what? So can you, whether it's tennis or something else that you really enjoy. like to wrap up things with our word of the week and of course the word of the week is just one word 
to get the discussion flowing, to get the the juices of our brain thinking. And sort of, I like to try to wrap up the episode with a word if I if I can. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But I always like to do that. So our word of the week this week is give, G-I-V-E. And of course, that seems pretty apropos to what we're talking about. But I like to give the meaning of the word. And the meaning I picked this week, because when you look up words, they usually have like 12 meanings, right? Especially other languages. So today, the meaning I chose for this word is, quote, Quote, communicate or impart a message to someone. Communicate or impart a message to someone. Now, in this case, in the sense of this word, it might be something like, give my love to so-and-so, right? You know, uh, give my heart to this or whatever. You're not you're not necessarily giving them something specific like a physical item, but you're communicating something to them. And I thought about this because, you know, whenever you are talking to somebody who needs to help you with something, you know, you need to tell them not to grab you and drag you across the place. You're giving them something with communication. You're communicating something to them. Hey, don't do this because of this reason. And that is giving them the opportunity to do this the current way, the right way, whatever it might be. Also, when you give a gift to somebody, you're not just giving that gift, you are communicating a message to them and saying, hey, I give you this because I thought about you, I love you, I want you to have this because I think you'll like it, whatever the case is. You're communicating something. Giving isn't just about a physical handoff, like, hey, I spent a bunch of money on you. It is about communicating something to the people in your life and the people all around you. And so I want to encourage you this season, not just to to give a bunch of stuff, give money, give time, give stuff to people, although that's all well and good and you should do that. Remember that you're also giving a message. You're communicating something to the people around you, whether it's with your words, your actions, your you know intent, whatever it might be. Give of yourself and communicate that to those people that you love them, that you care for them, and you wanted to give your heart, give your love, give what you have to them through your gifts, through your actions, and through your words. So that brings us round to the near of the end of the podcast. What did I just say? Round to the near to the end. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) No edits. (laughs) So that brings us close to the end. And if you listen all the way to the end, I want to say thank you because there's things here at the end that I think are important and I wanted to let you know about it. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do that. Just go to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero four zero. And that'll give you buttons for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and on your Android phone as well. So please hop on over to the show notes and subscribe to the podcast. It's totally free and you can never miss another episode. So, you know, it's great. Subscribe. You totally got to do it. So hop on over to the show notes and check those buttons out. Also, a great way to let the podcast grow is to share it with somebody. Maybe you have somebody in your life. Maybe you share it on your Facebook or your Twitter. Just share it out and let other people know, hey, I'm enjoying this podcast and I think you would as well. So share it out with your friends and family. Pull it up on their phone. Do whatever you got to do and let them know about the podcast. 
also, I love hearing from people. You just don't understand how great it feels when I pull up my email and there's something in the inbox that said, hey, this is from this person, and they said hi, and they got a question. What are, I love it. I just so enjoy it. I mean, you just, I just can't convey this anymore. So if you have a question, a comment, a thought, whatever it is, you want to connect with me, go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact, and you can find all the ways to get in touch with me. Again, I love hearing from people. That's part of the reason I do this podcast. Yes, it's to help people, but it's not just to help people through the podcast, it's to connect with people on a deeper level. So let me hear from you, lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact. And finally, guys, this is episode 40, which means in 10 episodes, I'm going to have episode 50. Episode 50 is going to be a special episode. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do yet, but I'm planning on having my family on the episode. And so if you're listening to this episode when it comes out or even before 50, I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? What would you like to hear on episode 50? What's some special things? I'd love to hear maybe from you guys, have my family on the podcast and let them know my wife and kids. Of course, my wife's been on here, but maybe have the kids on there, talk about their experience experiences with uh, me as a visually impaired person, uh, and I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Let me know, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com, and let me know what you think I should do for episode 50. Right, guys, well, finally here, I want to just remind you that this is the time of year here in December where it's the holiday season. So I hope all of you have a wonderful, safe, awesome, wonderful, awesome, safe, uh, great, nice, all those other wonderful words. <laughs> I hope it's great for you guys. If you're celebrating a holiday this time of year, I hope that it is beautiful and amazing. Even if you just recently lost your sight, I hope that this time of year will bring you some much-needed joy and relaxation. Hey, don't forget that all the things on today's episode are intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional medical or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.